0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Thursday episode of the show Thursday night football is tonight if you want to place a bet go to the best place for all your sports betting action this year and that is betonline.ag they have a new updated website and if you sign up today you'll get a 50% welcome bonus when you use our promo code believe50 that's b l e a v 50 and uh they've got everything pro and college hoops They've got the NHL, they've got NBA, they've got Boxing UFC Vegas Casino Games. Check them out. It is the best place for all the sports action. And Bet Online is where the game starts. Kyle, from your upstairs, welcome. Yeah, this is uh
1: this is odd because I can hear like you audibly reverbing through my house but it's not on the mic so like i hear you twice and you know when you solo record stuff right and you get like the kickback and the the self-monitoring and it's like i feel like i'm getting that for you but uh this is i think the first episode of draft dudes we've recorded in my home is that correct is that accurate
0: well last summer there was the famous i was on your back deck and you were out on your sitting in your Uh-oh. car I do remember this. Yes, I do remember that, this. That
1: is factual. I take it back.
0: And I think we did some down in your uh, your office where um, we stood we up into and, the mic. And, yeah, shared the mic. And uh, so the mic and back yeah, in. We've, so, done, yeah, we've okay. done some weird things. I, got, you know? I get it. I'm an idiot. Cool. Well, wow. you do over
1: 1,300 episodes. You can't remember all the stories for all of them. Okay. Right. Uh, thank you, Chris. How are you doing? Uh, fantastic. Forgot <laughs> forgot that Joe was going to be uh, at your house, Kyle. So. The video pops up and Joe is sitting in your house. And I'm like, oh, totally forgot about this because he's not in the normal setup. So it was a little thrown off at first. And Joe completely shot down my idea for today's show very quickly. And he normally doesn't do that. And then he was like, but we have a better idea. And now I understand why, because you guys have been together all day. So you've come up with a better idea.
0: Well, your idea was also bad. So there's that. Well, we didn't have to say
1: that. We could have just just said that you shot down my idea and we moved on. But since we're taking shots, that's fine. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. Well, so what we are going to do today is the original takes on takes. This is what we did when we first introduced takes on takes was Kyle would find some takes to send my way. Uh, I would find some to send his way and we would debate and uh, talk about some of the prominent takes that we have seen throughout the football community. And so I've got a few prepared for Kyle. He's got a few prepared for me. and We're going to have some fun here on a Thursday.
1: Correct. And, uh, this is, we we were kind of reminiscing ironically about the history of draft dudes and things that we've done and takes on takes when that came up, it was like, Hey, a little bit of nostalgia's sake. Why don't we revisit the original spirit of the take to which Joe, I would like to, I, I am actually, here's a cool thing since the last time we did takes on takes, we got a whole content team over at TDN that, Produces content that we're not necessarily in the loop that it's going to happen. So when the headlines come out, it's like, oh, that's an interesting subject to broach. And on a couple of these, we've seen uh, somebody stick their flag in the ground uh, one way or another for a take. So the first one that I want to leave lead with is from Ryan Fowler of the draft Mm -hmm. network. Yeah, I know this guy. He wrote a story on December 7th, and his take was that the Minnesota Vikings are a directionless franchise on the heels of their loss to the Detroit Lions. So can I get your thoughts on whether or not you think Detroit, or excuse me, Minnesota is a directionless franchise right now?
0: I think that's pretty fair. I will say this, that Minnesota is one of those teams that is at the end of their life cycle with this current structure and it was kind of those one of those years where it's like all right let's see if we can you know string it together see what happens here if it comes together we may have something if not then we have to blow it up and I think they've learned that they have to blow it up um and so from that perspective yeah because I don't think that any of the ingredients that are going to carry this team forward are in place right now and so From that perspective, they are directionless, but I I think they were kind of in a situation where this is is pretty much what they could be this year. They didn't have a ton of resources to really change the landscape of their operation this offseason, and so it's like, all right, let's see what we can pull off, and if it works, great, we'll keep it going. If not, then all right, it's time for a reset. All right, your first one, Kyle. This one comes courtesy of the Heisman Trophy Committee. And they have assembled their finalists for the Heisman Trophy. And that list includes C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young and Aiden Hutchinson and Kenny Pickett. But the take, Kyle, is that the Heisman Committee said that Alabama defensive end edge player Will Anderson is not worthy of being a Heisman Trophy finalist this year. Chris, I'm going to give you a little bit of work to do because this is
1: bullshit that this guy did not get an invitation to New York for the Heisman ceremony. His stats over at collegefootballreference.com. And depending on where you look, he's been gifted even more production than this. 91 tackles, 15 sacks, 28 and a half tackles for loss and two passes defensed in 13 games. Almost 30 tackles for loss. As many sacks as, Aiden, I mean, Aiden Hutchinson's right in that same ballpark, isn't he? I'll go ahead and pull it up.
0: So who's he, the he, player you're you're bumping out? Because I think that's where... C.J. Stroud. Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree. I, I've heard one of the big arguments, at least in the uh, the Twitter debates that I've consumed, is that if you have two players from the same team, they steal votes from each other. And they it's basically a Bryce Young or Will Anderson proposition.
1: Okay, so when's the last time we saw a school have two finalists for the Heisman Trophy? Because I can tell no you D.D. Westbrook and Baker Mayfield did it like three years ago.
0: Really? And Baker won.
1: And Baker won, so please save that energy. I don't Ooh.
0: want to hear it. Ooh, Kyle coming in with with uh, with some the answer. Fa- then. Some
1: stone cold facts.
0: Yeah, Correct. I See that. Yeah.
1: So I would repeat my original assessment of the situation that I gave to Chris, and I won't repeat it because I'm sure he's gonna <laughs> snip that that language no, out. No. Oh, we're getting no, hit with get, the we're getting just hit just with the explicit the expo- tag explicit tag go yeah, ahead yeah yeah let's start dropping oh, no. <laughs> yeah, oh no, no. No, no, no okay no now those <laughs> those i'd have to make an edit on so that's <laughs> please uh yeah so aiden hutchinson in 13 games 58 tackles 13 sacks 15 and a half tackles for loss uh three passes defense and two forced fumbles so will anderson has more tackles more sacks more tackles for loss but Aiden does have an extra pass defense and two force fumbles. And I think Aiden Hutchinson, and I, I hate using him because it probably makes it seem like I don't think that he belongs to be there. I think he does. I just so happen to think if he's deserving to be there, I don't know how you can look at what Will Anderson mm-hmm. did this year and think that he's not worthy of being there as well.
0: Yeah, I think you I think you found the right player there. And uh, C.J. Stroud to bump out and welcome Will Anderson to the mix.
1: Bing, bong. Okay, next take comes from Jacksonville Jaguars head coach Urban Meyer. Mm. I don't know if you are familiar with this or not. Um, but James Robinson uh, <laughs> had a fumble in consecutive weeks, was benched for um, – He's he said himself he believed he was benched in favor of Carlos Hyde. And Urban Meyer, when asked about it, he, he – Pushed back and and said he's still not 100% health-wise. We were giving Hyde an opportunity, uh, but that's not – Jacksonville local media continued to push, and the quote that I picked up on was, you'd have to ask running backs coach Bernie Parmalee as far as why James Robinson was removed from the game. I don't get too involved. I don't micromanage that. So wait,
0: Ur- Urban Meyer doesn't have a say in which players play.
1: Urban Meyer said you'd have to ask running backs coach Bernie Parmalee about the decision for James Robinson to not be in in favor of Carlos Hyde. I don't get too involved. I don't micromanage that.
0: Um, okay, that's weird. What's the take here? What's the take that I'm supposed to respond to?
1: That uh, Bernie Parmalee is responsible for making decisions about whether or not James Robinson plays.
0: Well, I think as the running backs coach, he should have an active role in that, but everything, everything goes back to the head coach. The head coach is responsible for every component of the operation, especially playing time for the players. And, you know, you need to be able to take ownership in all decisions and at least in terms of the front-facing component of it, and if there's a conversation to be had behind, you know, closed doors, then you have it. But Urban Meyer cannot. You no coach can deflect that, right? Like that's to, to me, that's bad to leadership. A
1: positional assistant coach. Yeah,
0: right. Because
1: do you, I? I don't know. Maybe maybe Bernie Parmalee was made available, but there's a, a decent chance Bernie Parmalee wasn't even made available that week for questions.
0: Yeah, that's um that's a start and end with the head coach. That is not a deflect to a positional coach. You have these conversations throughout the course of the week. You talk throughout the course of the game. You have to be aligned in that. It's not like Urban Meyer's just a fan of the team and then just goes back and has uh exclusive access to the coaching staff and asks them questions about what happened. You know, this this is your operation, bro. Right. So um yeah. I I don't like that, Kyle. I don't like that. You know what I also don't like? Dull gifts for Christmas. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, just $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but they're just grown in a lab. And because of this process, they can create stones, in bluish pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. And so these Lightbox Lab Grown Diamonds, they are the gift that they'll never want to take off and priced so they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox Diamonds, never a dull moment. All right, Kyle, you're back on the hot seat here. Let's go. This next take comes courtesy of Dane Brugler of The Athletic. One of the best out there in terms of NFL draft scouting. He put out his latest positional rankings today. And um, he has Garrett Wilson from Ohio State as wide receiver one. Yeah. And I'd like to know if you agreed with that take.
1: Yeah. So we gave you the layup because when Dane dropped his – Top fifteen, so you were at my house, and we were like, "Oh, let's take a look and see where Dane's at." It's always fun to see how you measure up against somebody that you have as much respect for as both of us has for Dane. And I, I just don't say, and this is not about Dane, and I know that there's a lot of people out there that share the sentiment about Garrett Wilson being a top wide receiver in this year's class. I'm not there. I he's, I'll just the saying that we've kind of learned to use over the last couple of years is he's not for me. Right, And I see a pathway for him being a successful player in the NFL, like an impact player in the NFL. But I think the role that I envision for him to play, some of the things I see with him on film and others that exist out there that would potentially give you similar results or a similar role, putting him in that wide receiver one spot is just not something that I personally can get on board with. So I know we're going to see a lot more of Garrett Wilson as a top 20 prospect and predictively on our website, that's where we have him because that's kind of the expectation that's been set for him to this point in the process. But for my personal board, he's more of a early part of round two type of player that I would be, I'd really be interested in getting him and acquiring him and his skill set at that portion in the draft based on we always get into the economics of finding comparable skill sets and what the relative cost is of one versus the other. And for me, I'm just I'm not all the way in on Garrett Wilson as, as a top 15, top 20 selection this year's class. That's all. Fair enough. Uh my next one for you comes from Mr. Pro Football Talk Mike Florio. Oh no. Who earlier this week named his Offensive rookie of the week for week thirteen of the NFL season. I wasn't going to give you this one until you threw me on. Yeah, the I I, I know. I yeah. as soon
0: as you said Mike uh, Florio, I knew I knew exactly where this was going and and why it was going there. So okay, he
1: named quarterback Mac Jones his <laughs> rookie of the week in week thirteen in a game in which Mac attempted three pass attempts. He said, "quote He's." He's doing everything these coaches are asking him to do, and he executed all of the handoffs to perfection.
0: Like, objectively, that's a bad take, right? Like, I know yes. that I have the Bills bias, right? I'm a Bills fan, and so um, naturally I'm, I'm not going to agree with that. But just like from a, a in terms of just like the process of coming up with that type of decision, like that, that shouldn't lead you to – that shouldn't lead you to Mac Jones. He was two and of three for 19 yards.
1: I would like to interject and say, I acknowledge we're giving Mike Florio exactly what right. he probably wanted in making that decision and that soundbite in that we're talking about it. Um. But yeah, I, I look across the space at all of the other performers that there were. And I just don't know how your thought process can lead you to two of three passing for 19 yards. Mm -hmm. and 94% of your offensive plays were runs. Zach Wilson had a good
0: game. Javante Williams had 180 yards from scrimmage.
1: So he had Uh, um, (laughs) 161 more yards from scrimmage than Mac Jones did at the running back position where he doesn't touch the ball on every play. Is that correct?
0: Javante had 76 receiving yards, 102 rushing yards, and a touchdown. That's better. Mac Jones wasn't
1: even the best rookie quarterback in his own division last week.
0: Right. Zach Wilson was – Far better, but okay. Yeah, it's a bad take, but I I get it. I get it. I get it. All right, Kyle, next one for you comes courtesy of Gil Brandt. Gil Brandt wrote an article for NFL.com, and he said uh, the the title of the article is assessing playoff chances of every 500 team going into week 14 of the season. And he predicted – that three 500 teams right now are going to go to the playoffs. Those can, teams. Can I guess them? Can I guess them? Sure. The San
1: Francisco 49ers. That's one of them. The Washington football team. That's correct. So there's one more. I'm guessing this is an AFC. Team. Our, our Washington. Football team. Our football team, who, by we're, the way, we're the, back ten, in. We're the back. 10 win projection still alive, boys. <laughs> Over eight and a half feels good. We we feel like we can get there. Let's go. Uh there is the is the last team an AFC team.
0: The last team is an AFC team. Yes.
1: Okay, so I know the Browns are six and six. I know the Raiders are six and six. The Broncos are six and six. The Chargers are above five hundred. The Chiefs are above five hundred. The Bills are above five hundred. The Pats, the Titans, the Colts. The Indianapolis Colts.
0: It's not the Colts.
1: Are they they're probably five? I'm an idiot.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't yeah, that that, exactly. So
1: stupid. All right, who was it?
0: Broncos.
1: Yeah, no, that's not happening with their quarterback situation.
0: I'm sorry. So you're like you're you're okay with the 49ers. You're okay with Washington. You draw the line at Denver. Well, I think the
1: field. Is less competitive in the NFC for those bottom spots. The, the AFC is very congested. Yeah, you I still agree. don't have a losing team from between the entire AFC West and AFC North. You don't have a single team right. with a losing record. So yeah, if if you just got to worry about Minnesota and Chicago,
0: right? And the, the Saints Eagles, and Panthers, they, right?
1: The Saints, Panthers, and Eagles to jump up and steal a, a playoff spot. Yeah, I'm, I am much more comfortable with both of those teams because of who they have to try to beat.
0: I would agree with your take on Gil Brandt's take.
1: Bing bong. Okay, so the next one is from Justin Mello of Mm. the Draft Network. And he wrote a story that was piggybacked off of a report from Jordan Schultz about the teams that Russell Wilson at this point would waive his no-trade clause for. The team, and I thought this was a good one to end on because not only do we get Justin's take, but we can also drag Rob Juden into the mix here. With mm. his opinion on the matter, because they're on polar opposite ends of the fence, and Rob's a Giants <laughs> fan, Rob's probably not going to be too thrilled we finds out we <laughs> we fold <him> into <laughs> the mix on this. You thought because, he was behind closed doors oh, with that, didn't he? I, you know, a take like this, we can't ignore it. So, mm-hmm. Justin, the the three teams that were mentioned by Jordan Schultz were the Denver Broncos, the New Orleans Saints, and the New York Giants. And Justin came to the conclusion that the New York Giants would absolutely be the best team of those to trade for Russell Wilson. The best chance to trade for, just, for Russell Wilson was the New York Giants. And then we, we had the conversation yesterday, and Rob, in our work communications channel, went from wanting Russ to then kind of digesting what the cost for Russ would be and then deciding, I don't want Russell Wilson. He said, give me two of – I want to make sure I quote him correctly. So let me get your original thought on the Giants having the best chance of those three teams to acquire Russell Wilson.
0: Well, I think the big, the big part of this is that Russ has that no trade clause, and so that limits who is available to trade for him, right? And so naturally I gravitate towards Denver – Mm -hmm. And New Orleans as the spots that I would like to see Russ, because I think it's the best spots for him to go and have a chance to play well. However, I do think that I do think that the giants would be well served to go all in on getting Russ, because if not, I don't know a better way to get this team on track. Right. Right. Like you got to get a quarterback. And so, like, yeah, I get it. You need help on defense. You need help on the offensive line. But you need a quarterback. <laughs> and so I don't know how you could be a fan of any of those three teams and be dismissive at all of this possibility.
1: Rob said, give me two of the – it was – we realized it was two ones plus when factoring in the no-trade clause. Rob said, give me two of the following. Karlaftis, Lial, Neal, Iquanu, Linderbaum, and Kennard. Instead no. of Russell Wilson, so this is bad. This is a bad take. Hashtag, no. This is an offshoot brand of hashtag draft good players, hashtag acquire good players, hashtag just yeah, get get talent, acquire talent.
0: Right, it's like get do the most meaningful thing, which is getting. It's the most meaningful and it's the hardest thing to get. Right is the is franchise the franchise quarterback,
1: quarterback. it has got a decade left to play in him. Yeah, based on Russell's wear and tear, messaging games for the first time in forever. Said he wants right. to play until he's like forty three years old.
0: Right. He wants to play. What do you want to do? Continue with Daniel Jones? You want to take a flyer on a middling quarterback in the second round? Get his ass, Joe. The most meaningful thing that you could do in the NFL is to get a franchise quarterback and you've got one on a platter for a couple of ones? Come on. You got to go do that.
1: Got to. If Russell Wilson puts you on his list of destinations, you need to try to acquire him. Right. Assuming you don't have a long-term answer quarterback, which none of these teams do.
0: Right. Exactly. So let
1: let the games begin. And if, I'm, if I'm the Giants and I can say, hey, I can give you six and seven in this year's draft right now, immediate return.
0: New Orleans, I couldn't be, think of a better way to use the six and seventh pick in right, the draft.
1: Right. I can tell you New Orleans can't beat that. I can tell you Denver can't beat that.
0: What do you send them? Six, seven and Daniel Jones if they want them?
1: Um, uh, I might save Daniel for a later later trade and try and recoup something else back, but you 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 we would need to give up two or more. three for Daniel Jones, right? Because I I would be wet be willing to bet Denver older head coach really good rest of roster. What what happens if they say we'll give you three ones? You're and out, the, and then the Giants can say, "Well, I can give you three ones too, but that you'll get them in two years instead of in three. I don't see it getting much more crazy than that. Right. But you'll always have that trump card of having what however many ones there are, you can match the offer of ones, and you would think the ceiling is three. And you could say you can get it in one less year, and you can get two right away. Top ten, guaranteed. Probably get your picking quarterbacks in this year's class if there's one you fall in love with.
0: Right. It's to me, it's obvious on both sides of that coin.
1: Say no brainer just like continuing to hit subscribe and following along for the ride with the draft dudes podcast Kyle crabs joe marino chris schubert we hope you guys enjoyed i know we certainly did you guys make it a good one It was good to be back in the takes on takes spirit bringing back an oldie but a goodie here on a thursday as we get ready to dip into week 14 of the nfl season but i mean listen no more regular season college football so We're going to start transitioning into some more draft talk and uh, hopefully some more concepts like this. So we hope you guys enjoyed. Thanks, as always, for listening. Make it a great Thursday. We'll talk with you again soon.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.